everyone, and welcome back to another edition of The Rockcast, a podcast made by Rockhurst University students for Rockhurst University students and anyone who's interested in life at Rockhurst. Uh, on the show today, we are extremely happy to be joined by the four cast members here of The Rockcast, as well as Dr. Leslie Doyle who is our Chief Inclusion Officer at the University, and she leads the Office of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion. And she'll be talking with us about Black History Month, uh, university initiatives toward diversity, equity, and inclusion that have happened within her tenure in the last two years, as well as what she uh, envisions for the future, um, some changes that we've seen on campus already, and some challenges for students as well. Um, and this is all in a, an effort to make, to truly make Rockhurst a home for, for all. Um, we are also going to talk with our two seniors, uh, Vincent America, about the recent announcement about commencement being in person this year at Sporting Kansas City's uh, home for the soccer team, which is Children's Mercy Park. And then finally, a question came in from, a few questions came in, but one particular came in from the listeners of, what's it like being a freshman? I'm really interested in hearing um, everything that comes around from that. But first, let's introduce everyone. Uh, tell us who you are, major, where you're from, and the last big paper or project that you finished, and a little about that. So why don't we start with Vince? Hi, everybody. Uh, my name is Vince Rosquetta. I am a senior nursing major here at Rockhurst from Spring Hill, Kansas. And the last paper I finished um, was for this evidence-based practice class, um, class basically about how to conduct research. Um, was not that fun to write. Uh, most of the grade is based on how well you can cite your sources. So I'm just glad, to, glad that it's over. <laughs> Hello everyone. My name is Bree, a sophomore here at Rockhurst. I'm majoring in physics of medicine. And surprisingly, like I can't think of my most recent paper, but I'm in the midst of writing papers right now. I have two that's due tonight. And so one of them is for my health psychology class and it's like our health response. And it's pretty much, we had to measure our stress levels from the last week. And it's like this entire like essay that we have to do about it. So it's just gonna be interesting, like digging deep into that and like seeing if there's any trends in like my stress or anything like that. So that's health psychology for you. <laughs> Hi, my name is America. I am a senior. I am a corporate accounting and finance major from Shawnee in Kansas. And the last thing that I had, I think was last week, I had like a take home tax exam, which took me like the whole day. That's all I did on Friday. Um, so yes, I was very happy that was over. But and then yesterday, I also had like a analytics exam. Um, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be, but at least it's over with. Hello everyone, I'm Jared Payton II. I am a sophomore at Rockhurst, major in marketing, minor in film acting, Chicago, and paper, something that I did last week, I have philosophy class for ethical theory, um, which is the upper level philosophy class. <laughs> but um, we had an essay that we had to write for an exam and it had to do with the idea of the common good and why it's so interesting. And I was kind of upset I didn't do as good on it but it's so it's such a relative term because what's good and what we see as the common good here in this country or here in our culture is different across cultures. So you have to be really, really specific about how you address that in a paper, which is something I learned about. But yeah, you know, I didn't do as good as it as I would have liked to on the paper, 
it's still interesting to have the experience because it's, it's, it's a really good topic for discussion, to be honest. We are thrilled this week to be joined by Dr. Leslie Doyle, who is our Chief Inclusion Officer at the University and leads the Office of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion. Leslie, thank you so much for joining us and welcome. Thank you for having me. Now, if you would be so kind, could you kind of describe your role with the university as well as a very unique history with Rockhurst? Sure. So um, <clears throat> I'll start with my very unique history with Rockhurst is that um, I was a kid who grew up across the street. We lived at 5340 Truce, which is literally <laughs> across the street from about the second through the fifth grade. So my brother and I used Rockhurst University as our park. Um, it was, you know, had great sidewalks to, to skateboard and bike and just um, lots of grass and green space. So it was one of our, um, it, my, I have some very fond memories of being at Rockhurst as a child and uh, it joined the university a little less than two years ago to shepherd the work of diversity, equity and inclusion uh, within the institution as the inaugural chief inclusion officer. And I came uh, with over nearly 25 years of experience working in diversity, equity and inclusion in higher education and wanting to really shepherd strategic uh, initiatives around diversity and inclusion that help to change our structures, policies, programs, and practices. And it has been a joy to be here at the university and join the efforts of others who are concerned about diversity, equity, and inclusion, who want to embed this work in every space across campus, and who are excited to do what we call build a home for all and make inclusivity our way of proceeding. So it's been a really cool two years. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for sharing that background. It's so interesting. I learned something new. Um, and so we know like the role is very like relatively new. Um, so you came directly into this position. So how did you hear about that? Like this new and incoming role at Rockish University? It's interesting. Uh, there's a long, <laughs> interesting story about that, too. So I went to Northwest Missouri State where Mark Hetzler, who currently works at the university and has for years in housing, he hired me for my first job as an RA. And so I was a resident assistant in college. Uh, Mark was <laughs> in charge of um, hiring RAs at that point. He hired me on and uh, really sparked this idea that I could work at a college or university. Um, and I called Mark to just uh, say hey and, and talk about something else. And he mentioned that there would likely be a position, a chief inclusion officer position that they would begin at the university. Uh, sure enough, when that position uh, opened, he sent me the description. And the description just sang to who I was as a person. Um, it, it really built on those ideas around collaboration and relationship building. Um, the role aligned with my gifts and my passion around changing structures and systems. So it was like the perfect job. And um, like I told you, that history with Rockhurst. And I haven't lived at home for 26 years. So to come home to Kansas City, because I'm a Kansas City girl, is really a cool thing. So I'm really thankful um, for this opportunity and really excited to be a member of the community. But I heard about it through Mark, actually. And so uh, shout out to Mark Hetzler. 
Uh, that's that's really, really cool. Um, I want to know a little bit about kind of just the work that you have been working on in the office, just kind of some successes that you have had so far. Well, I mean, um, I hit the ground running really intentioned, um, intending to listen and to understand culture and um, to become a part of the community and understand where are the places that we're doing great things around diversity, equity, and inclusion, and how we amplify those, and where are spaces where there are opportunities for change. And so um, last year, there was a slew of interesting changes, and this year has been the same. Um, some of those more um, student-facing changes have focused on our Student Advisory Council on Belonging started this year with students from across campus who are um, talking about their sense of belonging and how we can create that home for all that we talk about. Um, so some things have, have happened as far as marketing. So we have a new diversity webpage and a video about you are, you are welcome here. Um, we have a diversity and inclusion statement in our admissions applications, in our syllabi templates. So you'll see things like that. Students will see things like that. Um, we've participated in a number of events that promote um, diversity, equity, and inclusion from our Prayer on Truth to our Black Lives, Lives Matter signage, uh, our voting rights campaign. Just a lot of things have happened this year. The Center for Arts and Letters has a book discussion. We had our first discussion this week about uh, the book, The Hate You Give. That was really powerful to experience that. We've developed a diversity, equity, and inclusion companion award that you will see in the next couple of weeks that really honors the work that's already going. Diversity and inclusion newsletter. I mean, <laughs> it's been a busy, busy semester, a busy, busy year, and there's more to do. And we recognize that, you know, this is the start, but we're, I think we're off to a pretty good start. What have been some of like the biggest challenges that you've faced here these uh, about two years that you've been here at Rockhurst? Well, I think the biggest change for everybody has been COVID, right? So COVID has certainly changed the game for everybody. Uh, diversity, equity, inclusion is no different in that um, we've had to pivot and adjust in a lot of ways. So the things that I planned for this year to be in person certainly had to change. And um, just really um, understanding how to shift and use technology differently and um, to be intentional about the ways that we listen to people and hear from them, I think is, has been uh, important communication. So though that DEI newsletter is an important part of that communication, but just really um, hosting office hours. So in case anybody ever wants to stop in, Mondays at 10 a.m. I have office hours and it's a space for people just to come in and talk about issues that they're experiencing. Um, it has been challenging to build relationships with people in COVID. I think everybody has experienced that, you know, so really being intentional about getting into spaces that I haven't been before or reconnecting in spaces has also been an important part of that. I definitely am missing seeing students in the cafeteria and that kind of stuff. I think, you know, you, you miss a beautiful part about Rockhurst is the community that you find and community is, is, a part, of, a major part of who we are. And um, we have certainly shifted to virtual community, but there's nothing like seeing people in the hallway, passing people on the sidewalks, you know, and just having 
conversation. So I think um, that has been a big challenge. And then the other challenge is resources, you know, like, you know, you, I have so many great ideas that I'd like to implement, but sometimes we just don't have the resources to do some of them, or we have to phase in um, some of the things that we want to do so that we can accomplish them, but, but we have to be mindful of the resources that are available. So I'd say those have been probably some of the biggest challenges, especially this year. Story, you just talked about the resources and the stuff that the Office of you know, Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion provides. So we talk about those resources and the idea of where we are right now in February during Black History Month and actually beyond, because that is the greater mission of what you're doing, I believe. How can you specifically and other members of the community through the Office of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion, how can they use those resources in Black History Month? What does that look like? And even beyond, what, what does that look like when we utilize those resources? Yeah, so, so um, <laughs> you know, I think, um, especially in Black History Month, uh, as we talk about its historical significance um, and, and what it means to so many African-Americans, but it, what it means to all Americans, it's very important for us to think about educating ourselves as much as possible. Um, so to know that Carter G. Woodson um, started Black History Week in 1926 as a way for us to have this conversation about the contributions to African of African-Americans to American society and how it has expanded. In 1976, it became a month-long celebration. And um, just to talk about and, and be mindful of the contributions that African-Americans have made to our society to tell a fuller story. You know, we are in the business of, of educating students uh, to be leaders that go out into the world. And it's important for our leaders to have a complete story of the contributions of all Americans. And, and, and in Black History Month, we get the opportunity to um, celebrate and to um, highlight the contributions of African-Americans and to know that the story continues, I think is an, a very important part of that conversation. So as we talk about Black History Month, I'm inspired by the things that I uh, reflect on as far as history, but I'm also inspired by the next generation of Black history makers. So when I think about um, the young Black people on this call today, <laughs> Brianna and her desire to uh, be a hospital administrator and president, I think that that is inspiring. Or the fact that she is a small business owner is another part of, I think, what is really inspiring about what students will be and what they will do and the impact they will have. And Jared, in the ways that he ushers in these IG Live conversations, talking about issues of difference and breaking down barriers, I think is an important part of the conversation that we should be having about who's making Black history today, right? And what that will look like in the future. So I think Black History Month is really important. And I'm happy. Um, to have conversations where people are engaging in um, these topics, these ideas, being invited to think about how they can be a part of uh, promoting greater justice and equity in our society and honoring what people have contributed. Does that answer your question? I hope so. Definitely. Okay. Uh, thing kind of going on, shifting to like different programs and stuff that you guys can be running. Um, Right now, we got Beyond Words going on in Arupe. Do you mind telling uh, all of our listeners here a little bit about the purpose and goals of that? Yeah. So I love this event. I um, When I entered in April of 2019, it was the first thing that I was able 
to attend and and really excited um, to be a part of it and to see it continue every year. It reminds me of my experience as an undergrad with the tunnel of oppression. And so every year I get really excited. And um, I wanna shout out the people who really are responsible for organizing it in residence life, Emily Kempf and the, and the staff there, the RAs, um, many student leaders from multicultural groups and many, many others across campus. You know, last night uh, was the live portion of the Beyond Words event. And I don't think it could have gone off without the IT folks there who, who made it such a seamless experience and everyone else. So this year looked different, of course, <laughs> like we talked about COVID has changed the game for everyone. So this year looked different than in the past with both passive and in-person and virtual engagement, but it was really cool. And um, the experience itself allows participants to um, uh, see student actors depict uh, forms of oppression and marginalization and really have some interesting conversation and reflection about that. I love the fact that we've this, our students choose the topics, they choose uh, to present it in the way that they think is appropriate. They are the actors, the developers, the uh, conversation starters in many ways. Um, so I really love that. Some of the themes this year that we saw in the active presentation were around LGBT rights, students with disabilities, uh, colorism, cultural appropriation, racism, uh, protest and police brutality. I think it was a really cool event and the passive stuff was equally um, nice. Um, so I was really encouraged to see students talking about issues that were important to them, to raising, um, raising awareness. Uh, you know, when you see what students put up on the Minty screen in their polls, they were talking about, you know, they, they gained knowledge and awareness and that they uh, were going to commit to to not being silent about issues. And so that is something that I really thought was really cool about, you know, the Beyond Words experience. And I look forward to it every year. And I know that next year will be even stronger. Right on. Absolutely. I truly agree with you. I'm so glad that you were able to make it. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I won't miss. <laughs> I won't miss. <laughs> yes, it was really a it was a great time. And um I hope it really gets people fired up and ready to like promote change on campus. So I'm very excited to see what's gonna happen from this. Me too. So kind of like going into like the future, looking ahead, um, what future initiatives is your department working on? Like what can you see yourself in the diversity and inclusion office in like the next five years? Well, we have, um, we have adopted what is called an inclusive excellence framework. And it divides the work into five areas. It divides the work into these, these dimensions, access and success, intergroup relations and campus climate, education and scholarship, infrastructure and policy and community engagement. And so we want to work in all five of those areas to embed DEI in every space across campus. Um, and as we do that, I think there comes some commitments that we want to make um, around moving our metrics. So we had a campus climate study in 2018 that revealed information for us about the perceptions of our students, faculty and staff, 
We've also analyzed data over the past two years to tell us more about the demographics of our student population and future populations of our faculty and staff and really wanting to work to move the needle with regards to those metrics. And we've seen some of that, the fruits of that labor in the fact that we have one of the most diverse first time college populations that we've ever had at Rockhurst. But there's more work to do there. <laughs> there's much more work to do there. And while we, um, have increased the diversity in among our students. We're still working to decrease, increase more diversity among faculty and staff. I think that'll be a priority um, to work to support students once they get here on campus and develop more and to cultivate more support systems for our students that get them not only uh, through their first year, but get them to graduation. I think graduation is the goal for everybody. And so if we can really craft what students experience all four, maybe five, maybe six, you know, you never know. Sometimes some students take longer uh, throughout their entire experience here at Rockhurst to help them to make it to the finish line, I think will be very important. Um, and, 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 you know, my goal is to, that DEI is embedded in every space from our recruitment of faculty, staff, and students to their matriculation outside of the university. So how do we assist people through every step of their cycle here at Rockhurst, I think it's an important uh, work that we will engage in. Um, some things I'm concerned about are like accessibility on campus. There are some spaces in which we could improve that. Um, there are opportunities, I think, to shift um, some things around accessibility for folks, both in the physical space and in the um, virtual online space. So those are kind of some of the issues that I'm thinking through and trying to uh, be more responsive to the needs of our community. You know, this um, more than a question is just kind of a comment of what I've been able to witness as, you know, during my time here at Rockers, I am a current senior right now. And kind of during my time, I've been involved in, you know, many organizations. Um, and something that I've talked to my friends about and specific to this year is that we have noticed, we definitely noticed like an increase in, um, more like POC uh, applicants mm -hmm. for many of our organizations, which I think it was it was really cool to see because there was definitely I'm not really sure what happened between like last year and this year, but like in our applicants during um, in some of the organizations, they were just way more diverse than they had been, you know, especially thinking back to my freshman year. Um, which is really cool to see. And I kind of have been able to see just kind of, I feel like definitely the student body is changing a lot. And I feel like I have noticed that change, you know, from my freshman year now to being a senior, which um, I feel like just definitely just shows how much the university has, you know, been kind of working on that. So like, I just want to thank you so much for, for kind of everything you are doing and just the initiatives because there, we definitely as students have noticed a change. Thank you, America. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate what you said. And, and um, I don't want to break my own. father says, don't break your arm patting yourself on the back. I'm certainly not going to do that. But it is nice that students notice some of the things that are happening and, and can see the difference. And, and I want students to know that, you know, I, I'm thankful for that acknowledgement, but I want to join with the other students in doing the work that needs to be done to help us be an even better community. And so I appreciate that. And I look forward to the work that lies ahead. And I want partnership in making our community a better community. 
So um, we see what your position does, um, Ms. Doyle, and just how you've been able to immerse yourself within the student body as well, being able to, you know, I know for me as a freshman, getting to connect with you in many ways, as many ways as other students has done shows that, but what can students do as far as finding ways to not just connect with the Office of Diversity, Equity and Inclusion, but just to help promote the same initiatives that you guys are trying to bring about, what can students at Rockhurst really do as far as trying to share that same vision on campus? I appreciate that question. And I think um, for students to speak up and to speak out, I think is a very important, like we saw in Beyond Words um, last night, um, to, to come in and foster, see themselves as, as promoters of a home for all and really take personal responsibility in creating that space for every student faculty and staff person and our neighbors, right? So we all have a role to play in creating and cultivating the environment that we want to create, which is one that respects diversity um, and one that um, is inclusive and one that uh, is marked with equity. And so students have a role in, in that. I think getting involved and uh, America hinted to, you know, having more diversity in student organizations, but I think students have a wonderful opportunity to contribute in all spaces on campus and off and to see them engaging in um, those organizations and groups and going there and asking the, the questions about equity, right? So, you know, when students go out and serve in the community, um, it's important for them to reflect on, you know, what they're doing that day, but, but why do these systems and structures exist and really live out what we uh, think about as our Jesuit values in every space and to go out in the world of work and, and to be uh, people who are working for men, as we call it, men and women, right, for others, or people for others, to go out there and really um, think about how what they do impacts others and how they can be change agents and justice oriented and all those things. Um, th that's what I, I would really say. And to get involved on campus as much as possible during your time at Rockhurst, explore as many different organizations as you can, as many different opportunities as you can from service learning, study abroad, you know, getting involved in Greek life, athletics, um, doing things like you all are doing on a podcast, you know, in, in, um, engaging with faculty around these issues and asking questions about who's here and who's not here, who's included and who's excluded, I think are powerful questions to ask in every space on campus. And how do we welcome more people from different perspectives into the conversation, I think helps us to be a better community. And so that's what students can do to support the DEI office. And of course, come to all the stuff we do. So <laughs> that's the other thing. Come hang out, you know, get a feel for the questions, you know, that you want to ask and, and learn as much as you can, educate yourself and participate. So that's, I don't know, that's what I would say. Leslie, are there any uh, events coming up uh, that we should know about? Yeah, so we are planning a, um, a racism and organizing workshop with Faculty Senate. In fact, we just met with the vice president and president of that organization to nail down a date and time. So that information will come out soon and there'll be other opportunities to engage. Our Open Minds uh, book discussion continues. We have three more books left. They are all by black authors. Uh, and, and so we invite 
folks to join with us around those conversations. For students, sometimes it's hard to read books in addition to your textbooks. So don't feel a whole bunch of pressure to have read the whole book, but it, you know, the hate you give, you could just watch the movie. So that was pretty cool. And then just talk about it with the group. So uh, we wanted to offer opportunities for folks to engage in that kind of stuff. So there'll be lots of other things that happen the second half of the spring semester, which we invite and encourage folks to get involved. Thanks for asking that. Sure. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on to our podcast today. Oh, thanks for having me. It was cool to I'm, hang out with you. Yes, thank you. Thank you so much. Appreciate you all for doing this. I think it's beautiful. Leslie, if you're okay with it, we'd love to have you on again sometime. Oh, yeah, I'd love that. All right. I'd love that. Well, best of luck with uh, everything you're doing. And if you have any announcements or anything you'd like for us to use the podcast to get the word out, just let us know. We'll be happy to do so. Yeah. Okay. One more thing. Okay. So you just reminded me of something. We're having an MLK commemoration on April 16th and 17th are our active parts of it. So on April 16th, we intend to have a celebration uh, of MLK on the date of um, the, um, the day that the letter from a Birmingham jail was released. So we intend to have a um, celebration on campus that afternoon to commemorate the life of MLK because we started camp classes after the official holiday in January, we've kind of adjusted the date in April. And on April 17th, we intend to join in a community service project on the Paseo stairs as Rockhurst has done for a while now, but really to commemorate that idea that we should be acting for justice. And so uh, I invite folks to join us for that. And then I promise I won't say anything else. <laughs> oh, <no>. um. <laughs> I was hoping you would mention that actually. I was trying to think of when it was and I couldn't uh, think yeah. of it. Thank you, thank you for jogging the memory. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> All right, uh, fantastic stuff. Thank you so much, appreciate okay. it. Thank you, take care y'all. Bye. All right, well, we certainly thank Dr. Doyle for joining us um, and she will be at commencement this year in person as will a lot of us and specifically Vince in America. Um, to review, last year uh, it was a virtual commencement due to COVID and it got pushed back to September during all the uncertainty last, last spring. Uh, this year um, it has been moved to uh, 1 p.m. on Friday, May 21st. It was previously scheduled for Saturday, May 15th at Children's Mercy Park in Kansas City, Kansas. Um, it's in the outdoor soccer stadium that's home to Sporting KC, and this is going to allow for socially um, distanced attendance um, and to uh, accommodate a limited number of people uh, with tickets. So um, some details to go along with it. Following the ceremony, the alumni office will sponsor a celebration for graduates and their ticket holding guests, and that's going to start at four in the same location, and that's going to take place of the Hawk Walk, which is a long tradition at Rockhurst, uh, which is normally held in the Power and Light District downtown, where walk from Municipal Auditorium to uh, Power and Light District. We'll also have the Baccalaureate Mass, which will be held at 7 p.m. Thursday, May 20th on the Rockhurst soccer field. Advanced registration is gonna be required because seating will be limited due to social distancing. Um, and Commencement and the baccalaureate service will be live streamed to allow everyone to enjoy the celebration. 
So seniors, we've talked uh, over the past little bit about um, our hopes for, or, or excuse me, your hopes for the spring semester. And uh, you guys have been vocal about, I hope we have an in-person commencement just to you know, close that final chapter of the, of the book here at Rock, Rockers. So what were your initial thoughts when you heard the news? First off, um, I had already kind of reconciled, reconciled myself with the fact that we might not have um, an actual graduation. So when the news came in that we're actually going to be in person, I was ecstatic. Um, I did not go through this pain of four years to not have an in-person graduation. So um, yeah, very happy, very excited that um, all the seniors will be able to get uh, credit for all the hard work that we put in uh, these last four years. And then maybe even three years for some of the juniors who are graduating early. Um, all those, all that work needs to be acknowledged. And I'm really glad that the school took uh, the steps that it did to give us an in-person graduation. Yes, I mean, I definitely have to agree. Um, it was definitely a huge mood, boost, mood booster, especially kind of during those really cold days. Um, I talked to like all my senior friends and they, everyone was just over the moon. And especially cause I had heard that, um, you know, when they were kind of looking for places, um, cause I had attended one of the commencement, like meet, like planning meetings last semester. And they had talked about how, like when they were trying to look for places, um, they, some of them only like accommodated maybe having like 1.5 guests, which obviously is like one person, you know? And, um, so it's really cool that we are able to kind of have those two guests with us, um, with a possibility of four, you know, after they do like the ticket lottery. But yeah, I mean, I feel like I'm really, really excited. And I think it's just really cool how um, just this whole process of us kind of talking about it in previous episodes of this is what we want. We just want this, you know, um, and then it finally happening. So it, it, it definitely is an exciting time. Are your families pretty excited about it as well? My family is um, really, really excited about it's like, obviously like can't bring the whole squad out as much. I was like, to have a huge Filipino family living here in Kansas City. I would bring like 15 people if I could. Uh, but, um, yeah, they're really excited. Uh, really happy that we're able to have it. Yes. My parents are also, um, they're very excited and similar to Vince and my, um, my Mexican family is huge. So in theory, I would have had like so many people there, but it's just really cool that at least my parents get to go um, because I don't know how I would have chosen. I had told them, I was like, if I can only have one guest, you guys choose between you two, because I don't know, I cannot make that choice. So yeah, it's just really cool. Um, they're very excited, especially just they um they want they just wanted us they at least what i had talked about with my mom was she had said you know the most important thing for her was just that i got to walk across the stage even if she wasn't there um so it's just really cool that at least both of them can attend so my question that i have for you all i like hypothetical questions so if you were to choose any person to speak at graduation like you had full freedom of whoever could like talk at your graduation who would you choose like if you had the decision if i were to like you know shoot for the stars you know total a-list celebrity like a uh, commencement style speaker um i've seen a clip of uh, i forgot what college he did it at but lynn manuel miranda he did one that i remember i really really liked um me being like a low-key theater nerd um obviously love him to death and um he's just kind of the person that's like i feel like you do a really good job um, his story of, you know, him writing musicals was, um, you know, really, really inspiring. And I think that he could provide a lot of inspiration to students as we kind of 
move on from college and move on to more of the adult world? You know, I think it'd be cool to have, well, this, this is not a political thing, but just be cool to have Joe Biden. I don't know. I feel like that'd be really cool just to see what he has to say. Um, but yeah, I think that'd be kind of cool. Do you guys know who Leslie Jordan is? No one knows who, oh, okay. Okay, Leslie, if you saw him, you would know who he was. You'd know who he was. But um, he's a very funny guy. Um, has um, a very like strong Southern country accent, um, small elder white man. Um, and he's just really funny. He's all over social media all the time. He posts these really funny, really heartwarming videos. And he just says like, hello, fellow hunker downers. It's so weird, but he's such a great guy. And I feel like his perspective on life is so, it's just so beautiful because he's just so authentic. I've, you see people, especially on social media, you see a lot of different types of people because it's social media. And this person is just, I would like to hear his perspective coming to people that are going to another stage in their life because it makes me wonder how he got to where he got in his life. He's an actor, he does things with ABC and stuff like that. And if you saw him, you would know who Leslie Jordan was. So that's that's your homework, everybody look up Leslie Jordan. <laughs> but I would love to hear somebody like him at a graduation, especially at Rockers, because it's smaller, so it will be more intimate. It's actually funny because I asked the question but put no thought into my own answer. Um, it's really hard. Um, I would say, but then this is gonna sound political as well. <laughs> Our VP, our vice president, um, I would love to hear something from her. Um, or if it was someone young, Amanda Gorman, who did um, a poem at the inauguration, and she also did one at the Super Bowl. I would love to hear more of her story, um, especially since she's young. So yeah, that would probably be my, my two top people. So you guys are the celebrities for potential students. I guess you could say, you know, coming in here. There's, there's my little segue there. Uh, we had someone ask the question for you guys. Uh, what's it like being a freshman? So you can think back here and look at your entire freshman year or just the beginning of your freshman year or end, middle, whatever. Just, um, yeah, what's it really honestly like being a freshman? I, I like to use the word like it's kind of like a blitz, um, especially on the first day that you come here during like a normal time. First weekend is orientation. So you're just getting told, hey, you got this team go here, X, Y, Z. These two sophomores are going to be in charge of you for the next three days. Good luck. And it's 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 a lot to take in. You definitely here at the school, you definitely hit the ground running um, because right after orientation, you get like welcome week. And then all the organizations are there, like trying to get you to the table, sign up. And you're like, I've been here for not even a week. And I'm already signing my life away to like eight different organizations. I think during um, when we had the uh, free stuff fair, I signed up for like 10 different places. I'm like, oh, that sounds cool. That, that organization sounds cool. That organization sounds cool. Um, but yeah, um, definitely kind of like a blitz, but like it, it's definitely a welcome one. Um, it just goes to show like just how many different aspects we have of our community that we have here at Rockers. Um, just all these organizations who wanna see you succeed, um, all these organizations that you can succeed in. Um, so just a lot of opportunity, um, especially that first semester um, and students can really take advantage of. And they still can take advantage of even during a COVID semester, all those organizations, you know, we're, they're all still here. Um, FSL is going through, just finished up recruitment for the story side, just starting recruitment for the guy side. 
was still plenty of stuff to get involved in here. I'll appeal to um, <laughs> I guess a little bit more of the emotional aspect because as a freshman, and this is the interesting about it, you know, everybody's experience is completely different. And I can say that not just from remembering when I was a freshman, of course, which is so, so many years ago, right? <laughs> and knowing where I'm at now, that I know what the difference is of being a freshman. So if it's one thing that I think goes, you know, around and everywhere, and it's a general theme, is that just as Vince said, there's so many new things that are coming to you, you know, and it, it can feel like a lot because it is a lot, you know, and sometimes you go to school regardless of whether that's rockers or not, you know, a few people, right? Or you're coming to rockers, you don't know anybody. That's how it was for me. So it was a little bit interesting because I was eager to meet new people. Then as soon as I got there, I kind of had this very sudden, very sudden sense of anxiety, something I ever really had in my life before because I knew for a second that I was starting completely from scratch, you know, completely new area, new people, new opportunities, and that everything that was going to come as a result of me being there as a freshman would be fruits of my labor. Essentially, everything that happens is because I want it to happen. What doesn't happen is because I don't want it to happen. So that can be a very, it's where you as a freshman, and in general, you have to do this in life. So this isn't just equivalent for freshmen in college, but that's where you start to assume responsibility is saying, you know what, my experience is going to be what I make of it. So knowing that, and I feel like that is something that everybody has had that's not just been to college, whether you're a freshman or not, is that at some point you have to assume that responsibility and that everything that happens after you assume that responsibility is going to show you if you made the right decision or not. Yeah, I definitely have to agree with what you said there, Jared, about everyone's experience is completely different. And um, I think it can be kind of easy, you know, when you're kind of entering college, you're about to enter as a senior in high school. Um, you know, you hear all these stories of like college is so much fun, you get to meet so many people. Um, you kind of it's like the first time, especially if you're living on campus that um, you're not living at home, you are kind of in charge of your own time. And, you know, in theory, that sounds like, like the best thing ever. Um, but obviously, when you get here, it's totally normal if you feel homesick. Um, if you like miss home, if you kind of realize how overwhelming it is that, okay, now I'm actually in charge of like, making sure that I, you know, do my homework, there's no one there to tell me like, you need to do this, or you need to, it's not your mom's not gonna be there, like, hey, come have dinner, like, it's up to you when you schedule that out. And you know, so um, and that's okay if you feel like that. And, um, and, ev and the thing is, like, so many people feel that way. Um, but obviously, it's so hard to see what other people are doing. I think it's very easy as a freshman to just look at other students and be like, oh my gosh, they seem super comfortable. Uh, they seem to be having so much fun. They have so many friends. It's a week. Um, and I, I had the opportunity to talk to some freshmen this year, uh, you know, when it was last semester and some of them, they, they were very nervous because they felt like so many people had like their best friends for life already. And, and I had to like remind them, I was like, it's only been like a month, like you are going to make friends. Um, you are, people are barely like trying to kind of adjust to college life. Um, so that first like couple months, you know, they can be difficult and, but that's okay. The thing is everyone's going through that with you. Um, but I also think it's super exciting, you know, now that, when, now that I'm finishing off my college, you know, career, I, I, it's kind of hard not to look back to when I was a freshman and kind of what I felt coming in. And I also just kind of look back and, 
And I remember just how like the excitement that I had, you know, attending all those meetings and meeting so many people. And, and, you know, and that can happen, you know, even now I still there have been I've been meeting people now where I'm like, goodness, where have you been all these years? Um, so it's exciting. And, and yeah, you just really have to really get out there and, and talk to people because everyone um, wants to wants one wants to make friends. So that's kind of what I would have to say. Yes, I absolutely agree with everything that was said. And I would say like my biggest piece of advice is when coming into college, don't allow another person's college experience to cloud your judgment on what college should look like. Um, You are the way maker of your journey on college. And so you wanna make sure that you have an open mind and you're open to new possibilities. It's definitely gonna be a lot of accountability on your part. That's something I've had to learn. Um, But not to even make it sound daunting, but I can honestly say that when I look back the things that I did my freshman year has paved the way for where I am now. Like a lot of things and opportunities that I was able to get now is solely because I really put myself out there my freshman year. And I can honestly say that it did not start off that way. I had to get a few months in and I had to get a little comfortable first before I could start going out and talking to all these different people and their peers, your faculty and your staff. But it definitely, definitely paid off on making those connections. So that's definitely something that I would say that's kind of like how my um, freshman year was like. And then also kind of what America was saying, like we're all going through like some of the same things and you may not outwardly see it, but like, trust me, like internally, like people around you are going through the same things. And I didn't notice that until I talk about Frosh a lot, but I didn't notice that until I got to Frosh Getaway and we were just having discussions. And I remember sitting there like this person who's talkative and like, they're just easy going, like, we're going through the same things. Like I was just blown away by that. So like just that experience in itself, it really just opens your eyes to see like, wow, there are so many people on campus where we may not look the same, we may not talk the same, but internally we're going through the same thing. So I thought that was um, pretty eye-opening for me. So yes, that's what I would definitely say. And then as you venture off into the next semester, I kind of forgot that I was a freshman because classes don't really get caught up in like what year you are. So I kind of just forgot I was a freshman and I just really just felt just like a college student, so. Great, really good stuff. Um, I think that's it, guys. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, you can find us and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and Spotify, or anywhere you get your podcasts. To watch the discussion, you can go to Rockhurst's YouTube page, uh, youtube.com slash rockhursthawk, and watch the Zoomcast there. Uh, you can see Jared's bow tie. Uh, so for Bree, Jared and his bow tie, America, Vince, and Dr. Leslie Doyle, uh, this is Chad Schnarr. Have a great weekend, everyone, and go Hawks.